Welcome once again to the Vantage Performance Podcast. I'm Phil Dobby, and again I'm joined by the Executive Director and CEO of Vantage Performance, Michael Fingland, to look at the seven essentials to creating high-performance teams. Now, Michael, a, a lot of these, actually, particularly the first one, seems a bit like common sense, but I guess, you know, as we've spoken about before, you can get so lost in the details, sometimes common sense is something that's hard to come by. But making sure you've got a clear purpose, the why, how, and what, you know, sounds obvious, but easily forgotten sometimes. Yeah, good morning, Phil. Look, it is, but, um, you know, it's been called many things over the years, uh, and... You know, Simon Sinek, um, many of our, our listeners will, will, will have heard me talk about him before. You know, he talks about a very clear purpose, uh, your, or he call, as he calls it, your why. Now, at, at the core of it, it's, you know, is, is the work meaningful um, to the employees? Mm. One of the most critical things for a high-performance team is, I mean, you spend, you know, <laughs> a lot of your waking time at work and uh, developing relationships. And, and at the end of the day, if your work is not meaningful, if you don't feel like you're creating some sort of positive change, then you're just going to go through the motions. And that's what this is all about. Is And, and I encourage people to go to Start With Why on, on, on the web and, and YouTube and just have a read of that video because that's what it's all about, having something um, that everyone can look up to and, and be inspired by. And I guess that sort of leads on to the second point because if you don't feel like you've got meaning, if your work isn't, you know, you don't see the point in what you're doing, are you in the right job? And, uh, you know, and perhaps not. Maybe there's something else you should be doing, which is more meaningful, which means you've got to make sure when you're recruiting, you are getting people who are the right people for that role. And I guess that means people who understand what, what it is you're trying to achieve. That's exactly right, Phil. And, and harking back to the, the, your why. If you have the right why and it's clear uh, in your uh, recruitment uh, process, in your, in your marketing, in your branding, you, it'll actually help you recruit the right people. Because it's very, very difficult um, to to do something about someone who's already been hired and has and doesn't share the same values and beliefs that you do as a firm. So having the right why, a clear why, you'll actually act as a magnet. And so if you, and it's just it's common sense. If you attract the right people to the business, uh, your job as a leader or HR manager, whatever it might be, is just so so much easier. And it's it's one of Jim Collins's um, big number one uh, uh, solutions uh, that he talks about in Good to Great is getting the right people on the bus. In this case, you know what it means is the right people in the right roles yeah. so they can perform at their best. And, and, and how much of this is about change? Because I always feel like, you know, I, when I'm working well, I always like to think I'm changing things mm. for the better. Is that, is that, I mean, it, it seems fundamental. Is that, is that, uh, but I guess you can't change, you know, there's lots of jobs where perhaps you can't drive so much change, but we all, we all want to have some sort of impact, don't we? Everybody at their core, whether they want to admit it or not, wants to be part of something that's creating change. It's human mm. nature. And that, and that, Again, having a really clear why covers off both of those, that, that you know, your work will matter and that you will feel like you're part of something bigger than you are. Right. You say the third point is psychological safety. So here's an interesting one mm. uh, where you feel as though you can take risk. Yeah, look, it's Google did a, a multi-year study, spent millions and millions of dollars to try to work out what is at the heart, what are the, the top key uh, reasons why um, they have high-performance teams. And they... Uh, you know, I won't labour on it too much, but they they spent so much time looking at all different types of combinations. They put extroverts together, introverts together, combos. They had the so-called smartest in the room working in teams. And as it turned out, and it amazed everybody in the organisation, that it was actually the so-called B performers in terms of intelligence that outshone every other combination of team. And at the heart of it, their number one thing, and, and five of their key tools are in the seven that we, we talk about now, we've already talked about why, uh, is psychological safety, and that is: Do people feel comfortable speaking 
you know, up in a team meeting and putting their views across without the risk of being shot down. Sounds simple, but that was the number one of their five. That was the biggest correlation to having a high-performance team. You've got to get the balance right on that, though, haven't you? Because you don't want people who are, who are sort of like saying, well, I'm, go- I'm going to take risks, and, uh, it, you know, they're not calculated risks. There's got to be, <laughs> you've got to be an expectation yeah. that it's okay to step outside the box, but let's not go too uh, far left field because, you know, you could be wasting the company money. Yeah, like there's, there's a balance, but this is, this is not so much about taking huge amounts of risk. It was all about in team meetings, does everyone feel comfortable contributing their view? Right. Where you've got half the, you know, where you've got, we've all seen it. We've all worked with an extremely dominant person who just rules the whole, the whole meeting and doesn't let anyone speak. That, that's cancerous. So what we're talking about here is people who feel comfortable in their, within their work environment to, to speak their mind, put their ideas forward. Not every idea is going to get up. I mean, that's just, that's just life. But do you feel comfortable that you can put your opinion forward? without the fear of being shot down. Yeah, that, that fear of, uh, look, I'm going to look stupid, so I'll just keep my mouth shut, yeah. whereas you might ha- actually have <laughs> the best idea that's going to change the company. Absolutely. Exactly. So yeah. so what about uh, dependability then? The uh, I mean, I guess this is very important for teamwork. Can you depend on... And actually, this is... The, you know, it, the older I get, uh, the more I realise just having dependable people actually mm. is, is is so crucial. Somebody who... Because there's lots of people who, for example, will say, you know, they'll, they'll take on board a great idea, but when it comes to operationalizing it and doing it day in day out for example they become less dependable they get perhaps get bored and want to move on to the next gleaming new thing that's right i mean this is this is number four in the list and it it sounds so obvious but so so often it's 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 not not um not considered i mean can you count on your teammate to back you up to to do what you need to be done um you know it's a very very simple simple um you know trait to have and it's all about teamwork and at the end of the day a business can't move forward unless you're taking calculated risks not, not reckless risk but calculated and you won't take risks if you can't depend on others to to work with you have your back you know let you, let you know when you're going a bit off course you know it is it is a fundamental thing but so easy to, to put in place but hard to spot isn't it who who are going to be the dependable people when you're interviewing somebody you can find out whether they uh, you know sort of fit the culture of your organization whether they understand what your business is all about but it's not until they're actually there in the business that you can find out you know how dependable they're going to be yeah look you can never truly find out you know, how someone's going to act until they get in the job but you can ask you know other questions in in the recruitment process around teamwork and demonstrate times where you know you've worked well on a team or you've backed someone up and you, you can be a bit mm. cri- you know um, cryptic about it but 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 it's all about teamwork you know and if someone has played lots of team sports if they've volunteered you know they're all little traits that that they work well in teams and they and they enjoy it okay clear roles is uh, is number five making sure you've got uh, clear roles clear plans and personal goals yeah look I have to say, this one does my head in. We see this so many times. It really does. It is so simple to get right. Um, have clear roles. Every survey we do, um, of, of we use the Net Promoter Score survey for employees, right. and it always comes back. I don't know what my job role is, my job spec. I don't know how I'm measured. It is so easy. Simple one page to outline what 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 you're responsible to do in your job. How how am I going to be measured? How do I know if I've done a good job or a bad job? Very simple. It's such a simple tool to get put in place. And have a huge impact because people need to know where they're going. They need to know if they're doing a good job or not. At, at, at the basic human level, we all want to do a yeah. good job. I have a have a one page job spec that outlines um, what what my role is. It, it's it's incredible how many people are recruited into positions in very senior positions 
um, that do not have a very clear job description. But there's a danger here, isn't there, if they're, if they're the wrong goals, if there's not been enough consultation, because I've had goals foisted on me and I've thought, hang on a second, these are these are the wrong things. I shouldn't be doing this. I should. I feel like I should be doing something else. And I guess that yeah. means, I mean, that's, uh, you know, not had the ability to influence what I'm supposed to be doing within the organisation. Yeah, exactly right. It's, it's like any, any bonus system. If you don't believe you can achieve it, then you're doomed from from the beginning. Mm. So any sort of um, individual or team-wide bonus structure, um, monetary or not, it has to be an achievable goal. It needs to be something that you can see yourself achieving. So it has to be consultative. Um, and it's your, the onus is upon you as an employee. If, if you've been given a, a, you know, a job description which has far too much in it for you to cope with or the, the KPIs that you're going to be measured against are not fair, it's the onus is upon you to, 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 to speak up otherwise um, you know, you're going to have it by default. So there is responsibility both ways. Which sort of brings us on to the sixth point, which is making sure you've got communication. And that means mm. you know, communication up, down, sideways, yeah. every which way. Every single client we go into, this is always an issue. And I understand why management teams, particularly in distress, um, because it's, 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 it's often a chemical issue. You know, when you've got lots of cortisol, lots of stress hormones pumping through the body, you actually become less empathetic and, and you become insular. Right. Uh, it is, and a bit of the blame game comes extreme. out as well. Yes. So you stop, you, 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 you become fearful as well. So it's, it's natural, it, not natural, but it's, it's the obvious of open communication, right? So, um, but just some simple tools, monthly newsletter, a weekly blast out, um, you know, keep, keep, you know, in a really large, large organization, have a committee that is responsible for, Disseminating, you know, really important information from from the exec team down to the shop floor. Some really simple tools, um, but open, transparent, and regular. Just be consistent, even if it's just once a month or once every two months. Just be consistent uh, with your communication. And again, you don't need to spend a fortune on this. Very simple. You know, there's so many apps out now where you can you, know, you can reach everybody in the entire workforce via an e- via a text message. Um, and, and there's a you know, Yammer. There's a whole bunch of them out there. Just Keep that communication flowing. Let people know how the business is going, where we're he- having, where we're heading. Uh, any any significant good news, um, you know, employee of the month kind of things. Um, just keep that information flowing, and you'll be amazed how much of an impact it has. Right, but how do you do that in a way that it doesn't look like the latest edition of Pravda? You know, this is uh, <laughs> this is uh, this is what you need to know, rather than uh, you know, how do you make it a bit more truthful and, and honest and transparent? I guess. Oh, you just you just have to be authentic. Just just you mm. know, don't talk in riddles. Don't you know? Just 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 be upfront with people. You know, it's yeah. You know, why I'm asking that because there's a yeah. lot of that goes on, isn't it? Yeah. There? Look, and you know. Just, just, yeah. Um, but be genuine. But, but be genuine. I mean, we, we say that, and you say it quickly, and, and it sounds like it's easy, but you, you'll know if your communication's going out there on a regular basis and in, and you're not being authentic or genuine, your staff are going to tell you through various channels. So there's ways of making yeah. sure that it's coming across in the right, in the right way. But, but at, at its heart, when you're writing the information or you're talking to people, you know, often ask yourself, am I being genuine? Am I being authentic? Okay. And finally, uh, making sure you've got the right tools for the job. Yeah, again, a really simple one, but so many situations we come into where, you know, say in an office environment, you know, they're working on 10-year-old computers or, or you know, the tools in, in the workshop, you know, you needed replacing three years ago. Simple little things, you know, productivity is, is, is so critical in, in a business, no matter what sort of business you're running. Um, but making sure people have got the right tools for the job you know, if they're working with busted old equipment, um, 
they're going to take that behaviour into their role. So, and, and it, I'm not saying you have to go out and buy Rolls-Royce tools and all the rest of it and have the best computers, but just make sure that what they've got is fit for purpose because if they if they want to do a good job, right, as I said at the, at the beginning, people inherently want to do a good job, people are good people, and they want to make a difference. So if you're working with substandard kit, you know, it just it just fights against it. So get out of their way. Give them the tools they need. Yeah. Give them the training they need. Get out of their way and just let them do a good job. Get it, that's what I mean. Get out of the way. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got on a bus the other day and the uh, bus driver was uh, had a big, broad grin on his face. And I said, you know, you're, you're smiling a lot today. And yeah. he said, yeah, well, look at this bus. <laughs> and <laughs> he, was, he was had the brand new state-of-the-art bus and he mm. was happy to be driving it. And then uh, went into great detail about all the specifications and what was so marvellous about it. So there's a case in point. Oh, look, I, I did this job and it would have been Fifteen years ago, a turnaround of a, uh, a fairly large trucking company, and most of the the fleet were Kenworth trucks, and I, I've never seen anything like it since. Every driver had that much pride in their in their Kenny uh, that they washed it themselves. They would wash it on the weekends in their own time. And a Kenworth truck, it's not like a little Subaru; it takes you half an hour. Um, they would go out of their way to maintain the interior and the exterior of their truck because it was at Kenworth and they had pride in what they mm. were driving um, because they had the right tools for the yeah, job. Yeah, absolutely. And that all gets back to that first point, really, about making sure that you're, you're feeling involved and mm. that you're, you're part of something and, and striving for that change. That's all great. Mm. Uh, seven great pieces of advice. Thanks, thanks so much, Michael. Cheers, Phil. You know, you, could, uh, you can read book after book on this sort of stuff, can't you? But Michael explains it all so well in 10 minutes or so. Uh, that is the beauty of the Vantage Performance Podcast, even if we do say so ourselves. Uh, that was Michael Fingland. I'm Phil Dobby. We'll catch you again soon. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. See you next time. Thank you.